This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. All right, let's get you an update now on this transit strike situation. Once again, we're seeing a lot of back and forth between the two sides here. For instance, just earlier on our show, about an hour ago, we spoke with Jonathan Cote, who's the chair of the TransLink Mayor's Council. Now, he talked to us about the transit strike. And he said that meeting the union's demands at this point would impact major projects in their 10-year transportation plan. That would include SkyTrain expansion. If we were to fund uh, the, the $600 million gap uh, there, uh, that, that could actually eliminate all of the bus service increase that, that we had planned over, over, over the next few years. And what we're talking about is, is buses in every community in Metro Vancouver. What we're talking about is, is not being able to hire the, the 1,300 new bus operators in, in the Metro Vancouver region that, uh, that we need to be able to, to provide the service. But also, we also need to, to provide better working conditions for, for the bus drivers in our system. So then how do we do that? How do we make all that happen? Well, you know, I, I think uh, we need to get both sides back to back to the table and find uh, find a, a reasonable solution to to this labor labor dispute. Uh, I'm not at the negotiating table, and that's not my role. But my understanding is the Coast Mountain Bus Company is is putting forward uh, you know offers that are are actually exceeding a lot of other public sector uh, wage increases there. And I think that's a, a reasonable place to, to start to to continue the discussions. But ultimately, we need both parties to to get uh, back to the table because. Uh, if this becomes pro- prolonged or more escalated, really everyone is going to lose in that situation, and the biggest loser is going to be our transit riders. That is Jonathan Cote, chair of the TransLink Mayor's Council, also the mayor of New Westminster. So he had a lot to say, obviously, as you heard there, but we wanted to get some reaction to this now as well. The idea that by, you know, quote-unquote, giving in to the demands of the uh, union here, that that would kind of imperil the 10-year transportation plan. So joining us for more on this now is Gavin McGarrigal, Western Regional Director of Uniform. Mr. McGarrigal, thanks for being with us. Yeah, happy to be here, Simi. What did you think about what Mr. Cote had to say? Well, I thought it was a very one-sided view from the Mayor's Council, and it didn't uh, take into account the demands that are out there on the passengers right now with 36% overcrowding and people not being able to get on buses. You know, you can't expand a system where people are left out in the rain and where you can't take care of basic human rights of workers to take a break. They're saying they can't expand the system, though, if they give the workers everything they want. Well, I think having a minimum level of break time is just simply a human right. I mean, we have not seen that happen for our members. There is still no guaranteed uh, break for people to take to go to the washroom or have something to eat. Uh, that's, uh, that's a broken model. Now, they seem to be focusing on, in interviews that management has done, whether it's Mike McDaniel or, or hearing from Jonathan Cote, on the wage demands that bus drivers are making. What is the bigger issue, though, from the union side? Is it those wage demands or is it the break times? Because you always bring that up in response. Well, it's, it's all of the issues. We've been saying that from the beginning. It's wages, benefits, and working conditions. I mean, they're, they're happy to uh, heap scorn on the drivers for asking for a reasonable wage increase compared uh, apples to apples. Let's compare transit workers in this country to other transit workers in this, in this country. Uh, we're not funded by the province. We're funded by uh, the federal government, the provincial government, and the municipalities. So they, they want to heap scorn on the workers, but yet they're strangely silent when it comes to the fact that the head of Coast Mountain Bus Company and of Transit make more money 
even the prime minister of this country. I mean, you know, Kevin Desmond, I believe, is upwards of $500,000 a year. So strangely silent when it comes to those kinds of things. But when it comes to workers saying, hey, what about uh, Toronto Transit? What about Edmonton Transit? The comparison um, doesn't seem to hold up. So it's it's hypocrisy, frankly. And uh, I think uh, they need to compare apples to apples like they do with the executives and CEOs. They seem to be comparing worker, you know, transit workers, apples to apples as being public sector workers, saying public sector workers settled for less than that. Well, again, they're just simply not comparing the actual jobs. They're not comparing the people who work. Uh, if they want to say, uh, let's compare public sector workers, then they want to say that SkyTrain are public sector workers uh, who are skilled trades, who have the exact same credentials, who are working under transit. Why are they paid so much more? So whether they try to compare it that way or they look at apples to apples in terms of people who actually operate transit systems across the country, um, you know, again, they're, they're trying to mislead the public. Um, the reality is we're not under the public uh, service mandate. Uh, Transink is a devolved arm of the three levels of government, and it's uh, got to be competitive uh, with other transit agencies. Uh, I don't know how they somehow uh, talk about comparing with other transit agencies when it suits them, but when it doesn't suit them, all of a sudden they're back to uh, misleading comparisons. Right, but Mr. McGregor, why do it this way? Like, why negotiate back and forth in the media? They want to get back to the table. They keep saying that. Why not at least talk face-to-face? Well, the main thing is it's uh, known as a negotiating table, so you have to be prepared to negotiate. And the only message that we've heard from the company is that uh, they're prepared for to have us come back to the table and agree to all of their demands. What we haven't heard from them and the signal that we're looking for is that they're prepared to start to address these issues, to start to make sure that drivers can have some minimum level of breaks, that they need to deal with the skilled trades and equities, and they need to deal with the the fact that transit operators are paid uh, so much less here than other major Canadian cities. We know we're not going to get everything we want. I mean, we know negotiation, you, you have to uh, give and take. And our offer for the drivers uh, doesn't get us fully to the Toronto Transit uh, rate. It doesn't get us there overnight either, but it certainly starts to close the gap. And that's the kind of signal we're looking for. And we can be back at the table in a matter of hours as soon as they indicate they're ready to talk about those things. So right. far, they've told us they're not. So you're saying that that's what it would take, that if they want you back at the table, and there certainly is a lot of public pressure to get Unifor back to the table, do you think it would take some willingness to move. Yeah, I mean, last week, again, they're engaged in a, in a bit of a media campaign, which is why we're compelled to respond. I mean, they issued a press release in the morning saying, we want to go back to the table, but yet their lead negotiator had not even contacted me. Uh, when I did contact the lead negotiator to ask, had there been any change in their position, the answer I got back was, no, not really. So, you know, I mean, if they want to play the spin game and blame the workers who make the system run, that's fine, but it's not going to get this thing resolved. And ultimately, I'd like to know what what is Coast Mountain Bus Company and Transit and the Mayor's Council's plan to resolve this? Are they just going to blame the workers or are they going to actually uh, get a mandate to address these issues? So what happens now, Mr. McGurgle? I know we've talked to you about the next steps in the strike. You've been holding steady with the new uniforms and, and, and the no uniforms and the overtime ban. Have you talked about next steps at this point? We have. Our leadership team is uh, continuing to review all of those items. Right now, we're focused on uh, speaking more to the public, and uh, we'll be wrapping up our efforts in the public. Uh, I've just talked to the maintenance uh, local union president, and uh, he anticipates by mid to late of this week, we're going to see more buses affected, uh, more C-bus cancellations. So, you know, we're asking the public now to support their drivers. We know our drivers are telling us on the road every day they have uh, lots of passenger support coming up and supporting them, and we want to make sure that the decision-makers understand 
understand that um, you know the public supports the drivers and, and these uh, issues that we've raised are reasonable. I don't know workers in any industry anywhere, Simi, that go to work and are told, you, we can't even guarantee you five minutes break, ten minutes break. I mean, it's actually inhumane. What did you think then about the fact that now you've got the mayor's council out there urging kind of the, the line from the Coast Mountain Bus Company? Well, I think the mayors ultimately have to answer to their citizens. And, you know, we've stood side by side. I've actually stood side by side with Mayor Cote um, trying to win the transit referendum years ago. Uh, I'm quoted on the cure congestion campaign that they have. We are big fans of transit expansion, always have been. Uh, we've been pushing for it and standing side by side with the mayors because we know that the citizens uh, think it's so important. So ultimately, the mayors are going to have to be responsible to their citizens, and their citizens want to see expanded transit, but also, uh, where they're not crammed into buses like sardines, where they're not standing out in the rain, and, and where the drivers uh, and maintenance workers are treated with respect. So what would it take then to get Unifor back to the table? Do you need to hear, okay, let's negotiate, let's work on this? Yeah, I mean, what they've said is they've rejected our last pass as a basis for settlement. We've clearly rejected their last pass. So if they say, look, we've got a renewed mandate, let's come back and talk, we can be at the table in a matter of hours. All right, Mr. McGarrigal, thank you for your time. Yes, thanks very much, Simi. That's Gavin McGarrigal, the Western Regional Director of Unifor.